welcome women with penises and birth parents with facial hair. This is Side Boob Cinema, your podcast within a podcast. My name is Ricky Orpike and I'm joined by my co-hosts Jonathan Astro, AJ and special guest, Astro's soon-to-be lactating wife, Katie. Uh, that's it. I'm going to smack your motherfucking face. <laughs> Keep keep my wife's <laughs> name out of your fucking mouth. <laughs> I knew you'd say that. <laughs> yeah, well, shit. Keep it out, all right? Anyway, <laughs> hey, Jimmy J. Hey. Good. 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 Katie, come on. Look, but we're going to get into Look Who's Talking Time. People have tuned in. They desperately want to hear us talk about Look Who's Talking 1989. But what's going on, Katie? Tell, tell, me, tell me all your problems. Come on. Well... <laughs> Uh, this afternoon, like being being pregnant sucks. I'm just going to put it out there. Well, that's what you're on here for. So. It is goddamn awful. It is <laughs> it is total body horror. You just have to. You, not only do you just get fat and wide, and like your skin dries up. Everything is just yeah, just shit ass. And then you lose your center. Your center of gravity moves. To the point where I was just doing a routine task this afternoon, taking some cardboard to the recycling bin, and I had a fall, rolled my ankle. Pass over to And so I'm currently in in quite a bit of pain, uh, yet my husband insisted that I still join the owl. <laughs> How's <laughs> the pod? I think he said the show must go on. <laughs> but how's the parasite? How's the baby? Look, I think the ba- baby's That's all okay. That matters. I don't care about you. I care about, <laughs> I care about my seed. Look, I, I think it's okay. I mean, look, we've I have felt it, you know, bopping around in there this afternoon, so it can't be too fussed by by the tumble but um we'll see we're having a scan tomorrow so there's been any damage done we'll soon find out all right well we know if the kid underperforms later in school that it's your fault and not mine okay (laughs) (laughs) all right well we're doing look who's talking who had who's seen this movie before i have yeah i have i think we all had it was pretty it was a pretty long time ago film yeah well you never know our formative years fucking big film hey seven budget 7.5 7.5 million box office, 297 million. Bloody hell, mm. that's crazy. Compare that to the budget of the Avengers, which was, I think, I think it literally was like five hundred thousand dollars. So, I'm no, sorry, five hundred million dollars. <laughs> I was gonna say that's, that's cheap. So, yeah, half a million or something, I think, for, for Avengers. So, this is just people in rooms talking and, and about babies, and yeah, anyway. Directed, written by Amy Heckling, Clueless Fame. Uh, what a woman. Hey, maybe we'll get into that um, after, but I'll, 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 I'll tell you what this movie's all about. It's the most natural thing in the world. No. Yes. No. What? How could this have happened? I take it this wasn't a planned pregnancy. It's a beautiful, magical experience. St. Jerome's Hospital. Ah! Uh! John Travolta. Oh, come on, breathe deep, breathe deep. Try to help me just try. Kirstie Alley. Give me some drugs. Oh, thank you a really lot. Now that is a little more like it. Hey, here's Mr. Hand here. Wow. And Bruce Willis as the voice of Mikey. Help! Help! 
put me back in, put me back in. So you're the one that's been kicking me. The one that ate all that spicy food. Now Mikey's mommy needs his help. I'm going to get you the best daddy there is. All right, I'm on the case too. But when you think like this little guy. Boy, I got to think about getting my own place. There's a lot to distract you. One of those little furry things over your eyes. No, no, let me grab one. Come here. There we go. Discover with Mikey. The wonders of life. Fellas, listen, I got something cold and wet in my shorts down here. Guys, listen, fellas. The unexpected delights of family. Oh, yeah, she's gone. And the gratifying search. You know, that's breast milk. For the perfect daddy. Mikey does need a father. I just thought of someone perfect for you. You'll love him. Who was that clown? I want you to be my daddy. And I'll tell mommy about it. You really think you're responsible enough to be a father? Now, this is called driving. This ain't so tough. Mikey! Mikey! Well, I got this driving thing knocked. <laughs> Look who's talking. Uh, a sweetie. You must be thinking the same thing I am. <laughs> Lunch. Yeah, right back at you, babe. Mm. Neurotic accountant Molly Jensen, played by Kirstie Alley, becomes pregnant whilst having an affair with a major client called Albert, played by George Siegel whose spunk we are shown traveling into Molly's womb, okay? Now, there, Molly's egg is fertilized by an enthusiastic and excitable little guy called Mikey. Did anyone think it was weird that Mikey was the sperm and the child? Yes. Yeah, I guess so. Okay, we'll get into that later. Um, <laughs> Molly tells Albert that she's keeping the baby, but in, order to, but, but in order to keep their affair under wraps, she tells her parents that she got artificially inseminated. So over the next nine months, the baby grows, and so does Molly, obviously. And one day when she's out shopping with a friend, she catches Albert canoodling with his interior decorator. Okay, now on this very same day, her water breaks. She goes to the hospital with the help of a streetwise cab driver named James, played by John Travolta, who ends up staying for the birth of little Mikey. Now, all throughout, we hear Mikey's inner monologue as he discovers all the joys of being alive. One memorable moment is when he looks down at his newly grown member and says... How am I going to fit that in my mouth? <laughs> <laughs> now, now a single mother, Molly decides to dedicate herself to finding a, fa- a new father for little Mikey. James becomes the resident babysitter in part because he needs Molly's home address to get his grandfather into a better care home. Uh, Molly has some bad dates, but it's clear that James and Molly have chemistry, okay? He's all in really, but she's decided to not just give in to her sort of lusts and her usual instinct to go with any old guy uh, because he's handsome or good in bed. And this calls their relationship. So Molly is also forced to this uh, to, to continue uh, working with Albert uh, as his accountant. Remember, she's got that cover story about the artificial insemination, so nobody knows. So her boss forces her to go back to Albert. And Albert admits that he wants to see little Mikey. Meanwhile, James tells Mikey that it looks like he won't be coming around anymore. I'm not crying. You're crying. Uh, <laughs> Okay, Molly takes Mikey to see Albert uh, and he says he wants them to be together. But he also says that he can't really be a father to Mikey as he's going through a selfish phase. Molly makes up with James and uh, meanwhile, Mikey has wandered off into the big bad city. Molly and James eventually chase the little guy down and it seems that little Mikey has brought them together. We want James, Mikey wants James and finally, Molly wants him too. Okay, look who's talking. That's the movie. That's what happened in the movie. <laughs> All right. So 
Well, first things first, Katie, why don't we start with you? How does this film rate on your baby scale? Is it legit? Oh, God, no. No. I mean, look, I haven't had my own yet, but I'm I'm quite, you know, I've had a lot of experience with bear bears and youngsters. And, um, yeah, no, that kid is just far too damn cute, you know, like on the reg as well. But what about the being pregnant stuff, the whole beginning part of the movie? Oh, not not really no i mean like that gross smashing of a bag of corn chips you know at a business meeting yes all all those like really unflattering pregnancy moos as well you know like matronly (laughs) do do you have any moos Oh, look, I had to invest in one recently, but I haven't worn it out yet. Sam so won't can, let me. You can either go the moo-moo route or you can go the, you know, I'm going to get it out, show it to the world as a bare midriff. Sort like of thing. Rihanna. Yeah. Mm. Yeah, she's a hot bitch, though. That's not me. Katie, if memory serves, you've actually got a very severe sort of Amish-looking one, don't you? Correct, correct, and I, and I never, I never actually bought it with the intention of. I actually brought it before I became oh, pregnant. Oh, so it was a bonus layer. And it's one of those. It was one of those like really expeno designer numbers that you know looks great on a model on the internet, and then when you get it home and you put it on, you're like, "What was I thinking?" And I'm embarrassed <laughs> by the amount of money I spent on it. So it will, let me just say, it will come in very handy in the final weeks <laughs> as, a, as a maternity stress. But, uh, How many scarves do you have for your hair? Because that, oh, that was a theme. Oh, look, I was digging that actually. I mean, Kirstie Alley is pretty goddamn cute, you have to admit. Yeah, like, she was gorgeous. She plays such a great hot mess. But um, actually, yeah. but she only wore the scarves when she was pregnant, right? Yeah. She, she didn't do it when she was uh, a mother or mm. when she was the career woman before. Yeah, no. Huh? Just yeah. pregnant, get up. Yeah, right. Pregnant head scarves, you know, because then it's then she got back on the pool. Like, yeah, that's right. Right. You can't be wearing those head scarves. <laughs> I mean, they're cute. They're, they're they're the kind of thing where like other women will look at those head scarves and go, "Oh, cute head scarves." But guys will look at those head scarves and just go, "What a boner killer!" <laughs> exactly. So she had to. They had to go. She knew that. <laughs> she knew went. that. All right. Well, keep it general, Ricky AJ. What what did what did what did you make of this this viewing? Uh, I really love George Siegel. <laughs> I think he's the best part about this movie. Piece he's, of shit. <laughs> he's a glorious piece of shit. And he's just great. Yeah. I think every scene he's in is great. Yes, he is good. Such a good villain. Mm. <laughs> it was such a change from last week. It was a delight. So so did you think that this was a this well, because I think there's a there's a there's sort of an asterisk on nine months. Something's not quite right. Yeah. Whereas this seems well, they had chemistry. Yeah, they had chemistry. They were good together. Mm, well, they've admitted. I just watched this entertainment tonight. They were one of those goddamn shows where they did some re- re- reunion. Well, when are people going to get it straight? I don't want to see you fat, old, and gross together. <laughs> oh, I don't. Did Did you guys ever watch the Friends reunion from like last year? No. No. Oh my god! I saw a picture of Matthew Perry, and um, it's made me. Yeah, it's made me want to like. 
I, I don't know, change my whole lifestyle. Like <laughs> <laughs> a cautionary whatever. tale. Yeah, whatever he's whatever he did, don't do it. <laughs> do the opposite. A lot do of the drugs. A lot of gambling. Yeah. Uh, he's his whole he looks like he's been he's got that look of someone like that looks like yeah, you've blown up a balloon and then let it all out. <laughs> it's a shame. It's got the kind of look that, like, no, because you know, obviously, he's a very wealthy man, but like, no amount of money is going to reverse all the evils. Well, no, but unless you did the himself. unless you did the swan, and then like you, get, you then you just it's face off. Even then, you know, like you do the swan, and it, the, you still got the sort of the NQRs about about you. You know <laughs> okay. what I mean, yeah. like. Like yeah, not good. Like Mickey, Mickey Rourke, Val Kilmer, you know. Yeah. Like you can never. Excuse me. You sick. can never pull it he back together. You can't put the lust back in your eyes when no. they're dead. Oh, <laughs> oh, well, anyway, the point was that these two, Kirsty and John, uh, do have a lot of chemistry, and that they admitted in this. Like actors are terrifying. They're just they're being interviewed by this person, and they admitted to being in love with each other at some point. I think they were with mm-hmm. their partners at the time when they said, oh, "Yeah, yeah." She was gagging for him, well, absolutely said, gagging said, for him. Said, "Yeah, yeah." I, you know, I have been in love. We have been in love, and we just had to fig- we just had to become friends ultimately. And you know, and 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 Kirsty's sort of joking about, "Oh, well, you know, he was married, so there was just that hitch." And I'm just like. Fucking hell, his wife's probably still alive at that point. Like, just, just what's wrong with you people? Hang on, his wife is alive. What are you talking Hasn't he been with Kelly Preston for like forever? She mm. dead. She's dead. What? Sorry, she what? She dead. Oh, no, it's taken a turn. <laughs> <laughs> oh, happy, she happy podcast. Dead. <laughs> what? How did I miss that? Well, it was natural. It wasn't like. Like it's not great, but it's not like it's not like a terrible thing where someone shot her. I feel like something else happened that week. (laughs) It was COVID. No, no, COVID. (laughs) No, honestly, if you died in 2020, did you die? Mm. Fuck, that is awful. I can't believe that. Anyway, you're gonna have to process it later. Okay, sorry. (laughs) Can't do it in real time. We can't sit here while you deal with Kelly Preston's death. I'm sorry, she's dead. Okay. Oh, my, I just can't. Okay. All right. Well, so on. so has that opened up the door now for Kirsty Alley and John Travolta to finally get together in a Scientology romance? Well, I said it. Look, you know, I think Scientology is the religion of the successful. And I tell you what, if there was a branch nearby, I might just sign up. Oh, geez. I well, don't even I, care. I, you'd have to have the money, though. If I was a, a really wealthy man, I think I'd become Scientologist. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Because yeah. you want to skip past that early stage, right? You want, you don't want to be doing that early stuff, going to the work farm. Yeah. You want, I want to go straight to the C Corps. Yeah, I like, want to go straight to OT level seven. Yeah, 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 I mean. yeah, yeah, yeah. I want to do all that. I, I've got a room for you and the baby, Katie. <laughs> 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 Look, you know, oh, Jesus. what's that creepy Jesus. word they've got for when you when you're when you're blocking people? Oh, you're an SP, an yeah. SP, yeah, a suppressive Katie, person. Don't Stop be being an suppressive. SP. Don't be an SP. Yeah. Don't, don't be an SP. Or I'll send yeah. the my my cronies after you. Anyway, <laughs> that's for another day. Uh, yes, no, I think that they should they should definitely definitely get together. Well, hey, I mean they'd both be pushing seventy now, wouldn't they? Surely. Yeah, they're, oh, they're, they're not they can, can you even die when you're a Scientologist? Like, you know? You, you just transcend. You live forever. Oh, my gosh. Kirstie Alley is 71 years old. What? Wow. Yeah, she's older than Travolta. Wow. 
Wow. Yeah. Travolta's only a couple of years. Travolta's 68. Jesus. Oh, they may as well give it a go. Well, there is a, no, none of you have brought up the asterisk on John Travolta. Well, he's not gonna, we're not going to talk about the fact that, come on, AJ, what's the asterisk? Come on. I'm can, not going to say it. Can we what? say the word? Seeing as that bill passed, are we allowed to say it? <laughs> Don't say. Don't say. Gay. gay. <laughs> All right. So anyway, look, I don't care what he is. I think he's fantastic and uh, I've always been a huge fan. I really like him in this movie. Yeah. He's got, he's got, a, he's got that, that, that lightness about him, you know, in this film, in this particular film. Uh, and, and I think it was, it was when he was sort of slumming it as well because he, he had a bit of pretty dark 80s. Uh, after Blowout, which is a masterpiece, he, he didn't really do a whole hell of a lot. He did some not big stuff. This was a bit of a comeback really and mm. it was the biggest thing it was it was in this lull like he just did these 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 three movies and then pulp fiction yeah yeah mm. then he was just on launched come on know? what about what about saturday night fever oh, that was before this it was in 1977 <laughs> no 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 not saturday night fever the, 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 sorry the um the sequel staying alive. staying alive oh yeah well he said if you ever want to see John Travolta at in peak physical condition, check him out in Staying Alive. That's the sequel. He, he trained with, that- with Stallone because Stallone directed it. Yeah, that's right. Yeah, so uh, Stallone directed it, and uh, John Travolta is in Adonis physique. Like, like he's just like incredible physique. You've never seen it. You're just like, oh my god. I mean, the film is the film's. It's, no, it's, it's a camp it's, classic. Really, it is a camp classic. It's actually like forget that it's married to the first one, and as a as an eighties movie, it's like quintessential. Like it's just like it's outrageous, you know. Coke just everywhere, obviously in the in the creation of it. You know what yeah. I mean? Uh, Travolta always strikes me as like a bit of a clean living mm. guy, though. Yeah, no, but I'm talking about the way it's just come out of, you know, it's come out of this this, this sort of. The excesses of, of the yeah, of the eighties, yeah. yeah. Right, right, right. All right. We'll pivot back onto the film. So I got some criticisms. I feel like this final chase sequence was redundant. Mm. And this kid going walkabout. And, and it wasn't in San Francisco because every other car chase we've seen has been in San Francisco. Oh <laughs> uh, yeah. That's right. It was. The movie's over once James and Molly get together. Sort of yeah. Get together. And They've got these heart. These they split it into two. They say half get together, and then he, he goes missing, and then they fully get together. No, it's over. Once they, because the thing is that that they've undersold the the because the grandfather thread is actually quite brilliant. Like, like I think I feel like this is this is the thing that you take for granted as a kid. You watch this movie and you don't get it. But the grandfather thread is so wonderful because it's a movie about family, and we've got you know. A lot of older people in this, and so, so which is great. So you get this idea of intergenerational families. But uh, James helps Molly by looking after her kid, and then Molly helps James by looking after her grandfather, and that's a perfect complementary thread, you know. And then once she did that, I was like, oh wow, this movie's over, you know. Like she did, you know. And the kid, I know they wanted the kid to bring them together, but at the end of the day, we should probably talk about this. The big selling point of this movie is this inner monologue with Bruce Willis, okay? So with a lot of sort of after-the-fact gags where they've obviously scripted some of it, but they filmed it, and then they've got him to riff on some other stuff that they filmed, obviously. But at the end of the day, Mikey doesn't have a lot of agency. He is an observer, you know what I mean? He's Mm. sort of trapped in this kid's body, 
And so him getting them together, he doesn't really get them together. He didn't do it on purpose. So mm. it, you know what I mean? Well, I don't know how a, how a one-year-old can get that. <laughs> we don't get Look, no, because we will follow, because we'll follow animals. We'll follow Milo and Otis. We'll yeah, do anything. Yeah, yeah. It doesn't matter. I mean, at the end of the day, were you saying this isn't a very realistic film? Or? <laughs> I didn't mind the chase sequence. Like, I mean, you know, like it was just a little cherry on top for me. I was like, oh, God, it just, you know, like it was just a little extra push they both needed, I think. Like I agree that, you know, Molly going to the home and helping out with Grandpa was... um was enough to show um, John Travolta that, you know, with that reciprocal kind of act, you know, that was enough to show him that she was invested and, yeah, she she wants to be with him. But I think, yeah, the, the extra, yeah, it was just a nice little cherry on top. But the kids, you know, like if there were any doubts, <laughs> these two, you know, okay. in their minds that they, they had to be together, it was, you know, with this, this kid going missing. Do you think that the the beginning when when um John Travolta's sort of really on the scene, like after the baby's born, is a bit weird? Like he just kind of comes over to the house and she lets him in so easily, mm. not even saying like confused, like what why are you here? Like he just <laughs> lets him in. Like he owns the joint. Yeah, like he owns the place. <laughs> and then it's like even an afterthought, oh here I've got your wallet, like You've and got then your and then it's back. Yeah, and then it's almost like he's just kind of living there. Like, it just happens so quickly. Work, man. Oh, no. Sorry. Oh, real nice. Yeah. You got your figure back, didn't you? This is not my figure. Well, you got Dolly Parton's figure back. Look, I'm sorry I hit you and yelled at you the other day. I was in a lot of pain. And I know I still owe you that cab fare. Somebody stole my purse at the hospital. I don't keep much cash around. How you doing, pal? How do you like New York so far? Hey, it's my kind of town. All right, this is a crummy tip, but I'll get back to you later. Wait a minute. How did you know where I lived? You left it in the cab. Thanks. You never looked through that thing, do you? Why do you say that? Because you're still carrying around your diaphragm. I think that's what I think that was a scene where the the actors you know um infatuation with one another betrayed what was on the page you know what I mean I think they were actually yeah I think Kirsty was flirting Kirsty Alley was flirting with John that was the same with Kirsty Alley was flirting with John Travolta because <laughs> she should have been but, more like why the fuck you here like you weirdo you know nah. That, that's 2020. That's not 1989. No one gave a fuck in the 80s. <laughs> <laughs> they were like, okay, you can look after my kid. Yeah. Why not? <laughs> but it's a typical, it's a typical thing that happens in movies as well. Is is when is when a guy does something presumptuous like that, they get away with it because they're cute, you know. <laughs> Still, that still happens. Man, yeah. But if it was just some like grotty old, like, you know, 60 year old fucking Greek <laughs> taxi driver. Oh, <laughs> racism as well. Well, <laughs> but if 
was Travis Bickle, like coming through. <laughs> 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 he's going and left your wallet. I don't think. No, but isn't that we welcoming. talked about this on the show before? Isn't that the rule? Isn't that the tacit, the tacit rule is if if I if I like you for whatever reason, you're either you, I find you uh, attractive or you're rich and powerful or or I, I like you, then I'll, you, there's more permission there. Mm-hmm. I'll give you more permission. Whereas, like, if I don't, then you're fucking finished. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Finish don't you? Or... Don't you dare ask me don't out. Don't you dare. Well, that's ask right. Me out. Don't yeah. you dare. Don't you yeah. dare. I will get Australian of the Year. That'll happen to me because you <laughs> asked me out. You asked me out. I didn't want it. I'll get Australian of the Year. I'll do a year of speeches. <laughs> that's how it'll go. Oh my God. <laughs> I did. Right? No, I I agree that she she was. Yeah, just a little too welcoming of letting this random like cab driver into a, into a house. <laughs> but I mean, he's hot as hell, so why wouldn't you? But I did, I did like, I I did like that he had an ulterior motive. That that was good because I'm thinking, oh, like wet, wet, wet. This guy coming over, like he's seen. He literally was standing, like at the end of the. He watched her give birth. Like, mm. he, do you know what I mean? Like, he literally. He saw, was, he, saw, he watched the joint, you know, get, get torn up. Right. And even <laughs> in my mind, during that scene, I'm thinking, wow, you are watching her cubby house get totally destroyed. And yet, and yet you are. And then you're rocking up in the next scene, like flirting with her. I was what a down, like, what a down guy. Yeah. <laughs> I'm like, that's kind of disturbing. Like you liked what you saw so much that you're like, oh, and then when I was like, oh, he's got an ulterior motive. He wants to use her address to, for for grandpa. You know. No, but like, okay. compare that. Compare that to most guys, which is unfortunate. But most guys. Uh, if they if they see a sanitary napkin, they're jumping off the off a bridge. You know? <laughs> Come on, <laughs> that's before they get to you know. Once once you once you deep in, doesn't matter. Doesn't matter, mate. I'm just saying, you know, those guys out on the scene, they're not into it. There's a couple of things. So we, Katie and I talked about this about one of her, someone she knows who, um. Uh, who this watching this movie would not would be a very dangerous proposition. Yes. Can you really? explain that? Oh, look, I, I just think, what was I saying? So I was watching the movie and the credits rolled and I said, oh, what a gorgeous, wholesome little film that was, you know, very thoroughly enjoyable. Um, and then I said, my friend X, I hope she's never seen it and I hope she never will because... I just think that it is such an insidious, uh, you know, message to put out there that A, those guys exist, <laughs> and B, um, that you're going you're gonna to find, if they do, if those unicorns do exist, that you're going to find one. And I do feel that there's a lot of single women that watch romantic comedies like that, that, that hang on to these, you know, characters in films well johnny in dirty dancing and james are are very similar some totally unrealistic expectations of you know what men are truly like but also what's the 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 message is is interesting so uh like the ricky and 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 aj maybe you jump in after this because the 
you know, I'll read from from uh, the book of Samuels, okay? And when I say uh, Samuels, I mean Kevin Samuels. So, mm. oh, God. so the book of Samuels, Kevin would say, then this is him, not me. He'd say, don't choose a loser, number one. Um, now, I'm not, uh, I'm obviously calling uh, Albert a loser there because um, he's, he's not uh, uh, commitment ready. Marry before you carry. So that's what he would say. Mm. Like, you know, so he, he always says to those chicks, they call up and he says, how come you brought a life into this world? That's, that's, the, that's the biggest thing you can possibly do. And why are you afraid of getting married? I don't get it. So it's okay to, to put this kid through everything and to, have, get, to do that, but you won't get married. I don't understand. So that's out of whack. Marry before you carry. And then secondly, this is the big stuff you've waited for. Well, he would also say that 28 to 35 is the danger zone. <laughs> So when a woman's in that when a woman's in that category, as Kirsty is in this movie, mm. but this is the stuff that that's heavy. Okay, he says if you're because a lot of single mothers call up like the Kirsty character and they say, "I'm looking for a man. I'm, I want this. I want that." It's yeah, but the don't same. they all want men that make like millions of dollars a year? Well, it depends. Generally speaking, they they want a man who is is a high earner, uh, high value, and you know he always tells them you know what what the average income for a man black or white is in america it is in america so about 40 or fifty thousand dollars a year and they're like he's like would you date a man like that if he had all those other qualities and, and they're like oh no no way or so anyway he basically says to the single mothers it's over he says marry the birth father he's like what's the he always says what's the father doing why aren't you with mm. the father can you get back with him what well, is he that bad? Get back with the get back with the birth father and raise these kids. Or two, he says, f- find a man, a normal man, an average man that makes forty to fifty thousand dollars a year who can st- stand to be with you. Okay. <laughs> and then he says, men don't care about your money. They don't care about your education. They want fit, feminine, friendly women with no baggage. The Book of Samuel's. <laughs> <laughs> don't even touch AJ. that sorry AJ, AJ, come on, oh, God, God. Come, on AJ. come on go but to be fair she's a catch in this movie pre-baby yes even post-baby even she's... post-baby for yeah. a cabbie yeah yeah <laughs> but she's making her own cash she's yeah. she's yes. keeping it tight but but, so what Kevin, but this is <laughs> but this is the thing though that's the see i agree with you but what kevin says and i think that he tries to get this through he's like he's like okay he's like once you have that kid he goes you're not he goes it's fine it would be fine if the woman wants a normal guy like but or, she does of equal value well she doesn't initially but she's she's not being too picky i'd say but he's right there. He's been great from day one. It's, it, that that yeah. was a bit, I have to say, I was a bit confused by that because at no stage, like you see her dating all of these absolute turkeys. Like they're all, <laughs> they're all high earners, obviously, because they're all that, you know, they're dating that, that montage where she's sort of at a series of fancy restaurants and seeing their behaviour in real time and then fantasising about, you know, them sort of exhibiting that kind of behaviour with a with a grown Mikey. But, um, yeah, like she, she, was, she was dating a lot of wank <laughs> when she got back on the scene and I'm just kind of by myself going, you've got this like hot 
guy who's like totally into your kid waiting at home babysitting your kid every time you go on a date he's there before and after like what the hell oh, nice. harry this is james the babysitter i'll be hey. right back i'm just gonna get my coat hey, Mikey. harry how do you do james good just watching the game here yeah i got money on this game yeah yes i understand you're an accountant yeah i'm a cpa oh that's great you and molly get along great she's a she's a, a cpa you know? no i know her mom yeah. told me yeah. Yeah, it's got to be tough, you know, being a mom and a CPA. I don't know. But Molly, she's a tough girl. What do you mean, tough? Well, first of all, she hates it when guys, like, open doors for her or try to pick up the tab or pay for things. Really pisses her off. Really? She's liberated, huh? Liberated? Come on. Guy babysitter? But they never talk about it. They never, they mm. never, talk, they never articulate why she... Because you picked it out. The guys she does go for are career guys, or she's set yeah, up with career yeah, guys. Yeah, yeah. Now, they never say it, but the difference between them and James is that James is is in the struggle. He's on. He's got a couple of jobs that aren't doing very well, and but the, it's that's never articulated. Not even not by her or by. But him. Do, like does he it never have to be? Her. Well, I think so. Because what what is the reason? I mean, the reason she ends up giving him for not what it, like you know they're about to finally have sex, and I'm just like, oh, fucking finally, come on! It was like this weirdly like a very sexless movie, <laughs> you know? Like they kind of almost get it on, and then she's just like, oh no 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 no! Oh, and then she has the fantasy about him. But yeah, no class. It is a class issue. Yeah. It's a total yeah. class issue. Because he comes in like Stanley, like a disgusting Stanley Kowalski with the yeah, with the shirt on, and, kids yeah. and, and, she, and she's smoking. What I like about that dream sequence is is that she's complicit in their gross lifestyle. Yeah. Like she's impressed yeah. with. Yeah. So he's disgusting, and she's into it, and she thinks he's mm. great. She's smoking, and she's like, oh. yeah. and he's burping and stuff, and she thinks great. <laughs> Princess, you'll make my mouth water. I'm hungry! Hey, hold your horses. I'll knock you from here to kingdom come. Is that any way for a royal family to behave? I don't think so. And you know that dumpster behind a supermarket? Look what I found. Perfectly good head of lettuce. All you gotta do is peel out the outside layers like so. Good, huh? Yeah. All right. Who wants a surprise? I do, I do. Could be lunch meat, could be peaches. Who knows? The point is this. Even though it's free, don't mean it's no good. Am I right, princess? You're right, honey. Did I tell you we'd live like kings or what? You sure did. forgotten about that which means that when when that dream sequence finishes she the excuse she gives him for not wanting to have sex with him is actually a lie right because she comes out of it and says oh i just jump into you know boots and all too fast and i've got to be sure with with mikey whatever you know and i'm just like Bitch, like that, that, that flash forward scene has one of my favorite lines in it too. What is it's it? When, when Travolta gets that can that he's found <laughs> from the bin and he's like, it could be lunch meat, it could be peaches. 
<laughs> Fuck, man. So many good lines in this. Yeah. Great dialogue. So spectacular dialogue. That's a fantastic line. So good. Yes. Oh, wow. Yes. Wonderful. And the, then, the, then the belching competition. Like, I love that Travolta yeah. just does it with such, yeah. like, such enthusiasm. Like. <laughs> but, but the other aspect to the whole Kevin Samuels thing also is that um, – if guys are going to get married to a woman who's already got a child, like he will never be the father of that child. He'll never be able to discipline that child. And at the end of the day, like your wife will always side with the kid, always would never side with you on, on, on any issues if there's disputes and stuff. So uh, that, that is a problem, you know. Is it true? Is that true though? Like, do we, I mean, does this guy have anecdotal experience of that, yeah, he's been a stepfather. Yeah, he, he himself has, has been uh, a stepfather. Yeah, yeah, okay. yeah. No, no, no. Look, I mean, look, yeah, yeah, we all want it. What we all want is for it to be the Brady Bunch. Yeah, of course, you want it to be the Brady Bunch. Of course, you want to just go. Oh, look, it's great, and the kids great, and we all get along, and it's great. It's so great. But I don't know. I feel like that's not the norm. I feel like that there's there'd be a lot of times where the kid would be like, I hate you. You're not my dad, Todd. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> All that sort of stuff, you know? Yeah, I think I think it would depend on what age you, you enter their life. That's that's true. I yeah. think so too. But also, like I mean, I remember one of my mum's friends, like she uh she would date a lot of guys and and her daughter just ended up hating her because she was just sort of I don't know, it's a weird thing. I mean you know, I'm not in their family. I don't know how it works or or whatever. But the but the kid just seemingly seemed to see the mum as a bit of a good time girl. Yeah, well, she was revolving Sorry. door. Yeah, totally. you're talking, now you're talking about a mum who's just like <laughs> like doing the monkey vine from like dude to dude, not like a stable no. stepdad who's been on the scene for fucking fifteen. No, but you years. always jump. You always jump to. That got the great. How many great guys are there, though? Like, you know what I mean? Like, and great well, stepdad. That, that's what I'm saying. There's not many, which is why <laughs> the the messaging of this movie is quite dangerous. I think for single women, it's just he's too good to be true. It doesn't exist. I wish. I wish he did. Well, let's get that out of the way because we keep you keep edging close to this. So I want to. We'll just do an early keeper or creeper, and we're going to get this done <laughs> quickly because you keep edging. You, you, you're tipping your hands, ladies. Now, uh, well, we'll start with uh, George Siegel as Albert. He's a, a, a New York City mover shaker. All right, cashed up. I've just got a bit of an eye for design. All right, maybe. Uh, passionate man. If a bit fickle, maybe. Um, look, I'll be honest with you. He's, he's got a few things on the go at once. If you catch my drift, you take that however you want. Um, but I never kiss and tell. I'll just leave that leave that with you. And um, yeah, I thought I thought and very honest. You know, he says at one point, you know, I'm going through a selfish phase. <laughs> you know, <laughs> like he's just being honest. He's like, I've raised my kids, and she says. Mm. They're nine and eleven. <laughs> so, so he's, you know, he's the hard work's done. It's what he said. I get what he's saying, you know. So that's that's your thing. I'll, I'll present you with the other options, and then we'll, we'll go for the the um uh. We'll get your your 
judgment after that. John Travolta as James Ubriaccio. Ubriaccio? AJ. AJ, you do a bit of Italian. How do you say his last name? I can't say his last name. Okay. I think you should delete Duolingo to Nate. Hey. All right. So cab driver, part-time flight instructor, not a breadwinner. All right. So just keep that in mind. Uh, this is New York City, remember. That's why I bring that up. So it's not a cheap town. So he's not bringing in a lot. That's a very, this is a clear choice here. Albert cashed up, Art Deco, you know, he's got like people from Amazon, the Amazon making shit for him. Uh, James, not so much. Great dancer. All right. But AJ, we know that's not your thing. So maybe that will just. <laughs> Give that to no. Katie, you know. I, 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 listeners, I don't know if you know this, but it's come up a few times in a few movies. Whenever, whenever we've got scenes of people, da- well, g- dancing for people, AJ squirms and like this. What about dancing with the kid? Because I really like that scene when he's dancing with Mike. You would, pedo. <laughs> oh, well, we'll move on from that. So, so anyway, great dancer, great with kids, as we said. But uh, look, he might be a little manic, so I'm not quite sure. He might be. It's no back. There was no diagnosis back then, probably for this sort of stuff. But anyway, he will sabotage your dates. Uh, he's playing the long game, watching, waiting. He takes some liberties too. Unwanted touching, caressing. Holding, mm, like, mm. <laughs> actually, yeah. He and he'll did, come he in actually. as soon as he meets you. He'll say, "Oh, you got your figure back," and he means your tits. All right, he means you got big tits. Yeah, and then he says mm. something about Dolly Parton. You got Dolly Dolly Parton's <laughs> big titted body yeah. is what he's saying. Mm. So he's saying double. He's bringing it all, and he's saying, "I love all that." And that was back then when you could say that. Now, wouldn't wouldn't try it. So <laughs> anyway, that's James uh, and Albert Keeper or Creeper. Let's start. Let's start with Albert. Albert, keeper or creeper? George Siegel. Not for me. <laughs> Katie. Oh no. <laughs> we gotta say it. No, no. Say the words. A hundred times. No. <laughs> Oh, he's a creeper, total creeper. Great. Okay. All right. Well, you've given I've given you everything for James. Well, how do we? How do, it's a lot of stuff there. So, you know what? I think some adds, some some takes away. So, what are what are we? What are we at? Keeper or creeper? I like that he knows where free lunches are. That's good. <laughs> that is good. That is good. Are you on the clock when you're in the cab? Yeah, <laughs> yeah that's a good. He'll charge you. Is the meter yeah. on? He did yeah. come back for the money to a to a woman who just had a baby, so it's true. He needs the cash. Look, I don't know. Like, I I think when you look at the ledger overall, uh, I feel he's the kind of guy that, like, yeah, sure, he's great with the kids, but you know, when you're on Struggle Street three years later, and very practical. You- popped out another one and he's mm. still driving a cab and mm. I don't know I didn't see it. well I mean I suppose he's he's you know he's got other aspirations he's got aspirations to do more like be a flight instructor mm. but that's what Kevin Samuel says he says he says stop he goes you ladies always 
because the ladies go, oh, I would go be with him if he's got something else. He's like, no, there is nothing else. He's like, this this is the guy. He is a cab driver. Mm. He makes $50,000 a year. He's not going to be that other thing. He's a hobbyist that doing that. He's just a cab driver, only that. But it, even the other thing, like they, they don't make that much money over there. Pilots are still yeah. on food stamps. Fuck. <laughs> <laughs> Isn't isn't he? Because he he and they don't make enough of this, I don't think. And fr- from what I know, is he's being a flight instructor to get his flight hours up because yeah. you need a certain amount of flight hours to become a commercial pilot. I think so. So I think that's the reason why he's doing it, so that he that can. That has to be the fly. reason why that's even in the movie, right? Well, well I guess I think so. he is a pilot in the next movie or in the third oh, movie. Oh, okay, yeah, yeah, yeah. That rings a bell. But you don't know case, that. Then. No, you don't know that. <laughs> you don't know that. He could become the guy in this, the, the gross guy in the singlet. Yeah, I reckon I'm into it. Keeper, I knew it, and and I knew it because it's because it's, it's chubby Travolta too. <laughs> Isn't it so funny that Frank is the opposite, and people think that I'm just after all the fatties. It's <laughs> <laughs> good, no, but that means Frank's got he's got a bit of leeway, you know, which is good. Oh my god! On on that though, I'm sorry, but did the grandpa have to be so fucking gross? <laughs> I think he gross. had to be. He had like, to be. Really? A Tim and Eric like... grandpa. <laughs> yeah, well, he, because like, then that's he's... true love. Like if she's going to look after him when he's disgusting, then. <laughs> <laughs> when he's a disgusto. Yeah, he is. <laughs> but oh, he's. Man. Look. To be, he is a legendary actor though, Abe Bogota. So he's Tessio in Godfather. He's the one who betrays uh, Michael at the end, and uh, he's also was in a, a sitcom. He was a sitcom actor as well, in and stuff. So he's it, so they would have got him because he's real deal. But he did. I was surprised at because he's quite dapper in like the other stuff he's been in. He's always like a sort of a distinguished looking guy. And this, he just really lent in and was like, "Yeah, I'm gonna get like chocolate in my face and just be." <laughs> Yeah, be a disgusto, old guy. Give me, Grandpa. Give me. I don't remember you having a baby. No, it's not mine. It's a friend of mine. I'm taking care of him for him. You sure it isn't yours? Hey, I got more teeth than him. <laughs> hey, one of those hairy jobs over your eyes. Yikes. Come here, let me see those things. Let me try and grab one. Oh, there we go. How's that feel? <laughs> Mikey. Play off him. What a crack up! <laughs> <laughs> so. I, I did. I thought it was unnecessary, and I would have been. I would have been rooting for them so much more. Like if you just had been a cute little old bespectacled, like dementia patient. You if know, you had a, if you had a better grandfather, I'd, I'd want to be with you more. <laughs> 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 what a what a what a thing to say. <laughs> all right, Ricky, what do you got for me? Do you want some uh, trivia? Yeah, go on. Uh, so, of all the roles he's played, Travolta said uh, the character he plays in this film is the most uh, like his real personality. Believe it. So, uh, according to Kirstie Alley in her memoir, she fell in love with John Travolta during the filming. Mm. But she stayed faithful to her husband. Unbelievable. That's mm. all just out there and people talk about it and that's just the thing. So Molly's two blind dates, 
that she imagines as Mikey's father are listed in the credits as Mr. Impatient and Mr. Anal. (laughs) (laughs) Ew. (laughs) Uh, So the director uh, was inspired to write the film after her husband and writer, Neil Israel, started playfully talking in a different voice to pretend what their new baby would say. Her husband also has a cameo as Kirstie Allergy's uh, boss. And we've covered Neil Israel on this show. Have we? We have. <laughs> that was my <Okay>. reaction. <laughs> we have. Okay. So if you've been if you've been on the side boob cinema journey since the beginning, you'll know that we have watched Neil Israel's Moving Violations, 1985. And uh, we have also covered what was the other one? Um, Police Academy. Mm. So um, yeah, we're all over Neil. Like mm. you know, he's uh, he's a fantastic, fantastic comedy comedy director. He's a, I've never heard of him. Anyway, go on. Well, you haven't been tuning in. What's wrong with you? What's wrong with you? <laughs> evidently, evidently not. <laughs> <laughs> so, so the the movie was first pitched to Disney, and the Disney CEO felt that it was too sexual uh, for them. Which, you know, today I'm sure they'd say it's not sexual enough at Disney. So Paramount Pictures, uh, Touchstone Pictures, Warner Brothers, 20th Century Fox and Universal Studios, they also passed on it. Uh, But it was eventually TriStar Pictures who liked the script and Green lit it. It's interesting. They all thought it was too sexual. That's, That's Americans for you. What are uh, you, a lesbo? <laughs> <laughs> well, we've got to get into some of that next. But uh, Chevy Chase, Bill Murray, Dan Aykroyd, Steve Martin and John Candy were all considered for the voice of Mikey. All of them were too busy. Chase was doing National Lampoon's Christmas Vacation. Murray and Aykroyd were doing Ghostbusters 2. Martin was busy shooting Parenthood. And Caddy was doing Uncle Buck. Wow. All, all great movies too. Bruce wouldn't have been big at that time, right? He was slumming too. Yeah, he was. Because they were all yeah. slumming. Anyone be- just before Pulp Fiction who was in it, they were in it, that, that film together, uh, uh, was slumming it. But what about Die Hard? When did that come out? Uh, 1988. Right. Well, that's just a year before this one. Well, wait a minute. I take back what I said. He was massive. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> he was massive. He was huge. Huge. Get it right. So big. So big. Like... Yeah, massive star. And well, maybe that's over. maybe that's the reason why people went to see this movie then, because they're like, "What the fuck, Bruce Willis is like well, a weirdly, baby." The poster, none of them are on the poster. It's just a baby. Yeah, that's well, right. well, you know, you know why that is. Um, uh, where is it? It's in my trivia here somewhere. Um, so TriStar put the focus mainly on the baby and its humorous adult voiceover gimmick for the film's advertising campaign. Since Leeds, John Travolta uh, was coming off a series of flops and Kirstie Alley hadn't proven herself as a bankable actress yet in films. Uh, after its surprise success, Travolta and Alley's names and participation became more heavily featured for the sequel's advertisements. So they just didn't trust that they'd be able to to, to sell, sell sell the movie. Yeah. Wow, they thought a cute little baby wearing sunglasses. <laughs> <Yeah. laughs> it yeah. was a better selling point than oh, that's a that's a bit offensive. Right? She was on the like, she was on that. the she was on the biggest show, one of the biggest shows mm. in the in the world at that yeah. time, and was was very, you know had won Emmys and stuff. So. She had one of me herself, so that's mm. a real slam. 
Yeah. 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 Uh, Gina Davis was considered for the role of Molly, but she turned it down because she couldn't handle shooting a movie involving a birth sequence, uh, especially after her birth sequence in The Fly. So well. after doing that, when she gives birth to a maggot, she didn't want to oh. be. <laughs> All right, Katie. A giant maggot. We won't watch that one just I'm, yet again. Oh, man. I think I, I have seen The Fly, but I reckon I've erased that scene from, from memory for good reason. Uh, John Stamos was the first choice for the role of James. Oh, but yeah, the producers of Full House him. wouldn't let him out of his contract to do it. <laughs> All right, so Michael Keaton, Mel Gibson, Jeff Goldblum, and Griffin uh, Dunn. Yes, Griffin Dunn were also considered for the roles. So, so everyone, everyone, <laughs> everyone who was around, everyone. Yeah, was, so, so was John, again, John was not only their last choice; he didn't even make the fucking poster. Yes, when he got yep, the job. That's right. That's how much they uh, thought of him. Yeah, in terms of being able to sell a movie. But what a mega, mega hit, you know. And Amy Heckling, you know, she's she's got some serious contributions. Like this film is for the ages. So many classic moments. The soundtrack's classic. The 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 voiceovers classic. The you know the sperm and the egg stuff is 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 you know groundbreaking. Mm. You know that's like that was really unique and original. And I think mm. people take it for granted, including some of the you know the sneering people. I'm sure you're going to read out for these reviews. Uh, all take. This stuff for granted. Come on, come on, follow me. I know where I'm going. Come on. I've got the map. Come on. Right down here. Yeah, right there. Come on. Here we go. Okay, come on. Keep up. Come on, you kids. Come on. Here we go. Here we go. Oh, there it is. Oh. Wait a minute. I see something. I think I see something. Come on. There it is. Oh, I think this is it. Right over here. Yeah. This is it. This is definitely it. This is a good place. Come on. But she is, think about it, like some artists will go their whole life and, you know, maybe never make a mark. And here's a, here's a woman who, who did, who directed Fast Times and actually brought a lot of, brought a lot of that out, like in the casting and the music and stuff uh, and helped shape the script as well, I hear, uh, from, from Cameron Crowe's book. And then we've got obviously Lucas Talking and Clueless, you know, yeah. doesn't matter. I mean, any one of those is, is huge. You know, mm-hmm. for the ages, and um, so does it, it, it. What what a uh, yeah! I feel like a, a, a quintessential, uh, proudly feminine fem- fem- filmmaker. Because nowadays you're not allowed to say that, right? You could like you've got to be a filmmaker. It's got she's got to do. You've got to like yeah, do the Hurt Locker or something. And it's like oh yes, oh yes. Now I, now the real women filmmaking is you know is is, <laughs> is starting. And you say well, that's discounting. Like this is a no one forced Amy Heckling to make this movie. She wrote this. She wrote and directed it. It's, it's yeah. from all from a hundred percent from this woman. So all everything in this movie is a hundred percent her thoughts, feelings, dreams, desires, fears. You know, jokes. Did she do whatever. the sequels? She was involved, and yeah, the two number two, yeah. But she's talked about that actually. Actually, I'll play that for you. I'm glad you bring it up. I mean, I just wonder. Also, when you're looking at the history of Look Who's Talking, they kept making remakes. 
does that have any effect on, I mean, do you feel sometimes, I don't want you to touch it, I don't want you to go back to it, or isn't this silly, or are you rather sanguine and, and don't particularly care if somebody goes on and makes like a, I mean, there was different versions of it, a television version, that yeah. just, well, I think the television one was kind of just based on it and not credited, but <laughs> yeah. but I'm just curious, how did it feel, because I, I mean, the, the subsequent versions of it weren't, at least in my opinion, even close to the original. No. Um... You know, you come up with a story that has an actual ending, um, and uh, that means that it should stop there, unless it's from a bunch of books like you know about hobbits and you know where it <laughs> continues on. But this was something that I was sort of presenting a problem of like you know what does it mean to be a good father, and uh, you know through the eyes of this baby, and. Uh, then finding him and, you know, getting them together was the sort of a thing he had to do. And when that was over, it was over for me. It was like, not like, oh, now what? Um, you know, somebody said to me, like, they were talking about this is 40, and I'm, I always kind of feel like, well, wait a minute. Movies are up until the point where the people kiss, and then who cares? <laughs> <So>. <laughs> Um, I, I feel like, and maybe it's just me, but I think it's me and a lot of other people too that, you know, work on romantic stuff. Uh, it's like, how do you find love and then you present different problems and you, you know, you know from the poster who's going to get together, but what's that journey like? And that's all a lot of fairy tales, it's a lot of stuff. So um, when people say, what's going on after that? I feel like, I don't know, who cares? <laughs> so there you go. She talks about the sequels there. She was involved and I'm glad, look, you got to get your money. And like She, she did She did write and uh, direct the second, the sequel though. Katie, you would direct th three more after that. Like, like she's, <laughs> this has all come from her. This is her IP. Like if someone comes to you and says, like, you got a choice, like, you know, and that's a lot of money like that's coming in the door you're watching everyone get fat off this movie and you're like well this has all come from me guys so yeah i'm going to do the second one and maybe my heart's not going to mean it very much but fuck you all right so yeah she was involved in all of them and i hope she got her money because she deserves every penny of it and yeah i, I i'm really impressed with her and and this is this is all controversial stuff uh but you know I think women should be able to make whatever movies they want to make, tell whatever stories they want to tell, and if it, and if it is the Hurt Locker, that's great. Do the do the Hurt Locker. If you want to if you want to be the type of filmmaker or storyteller who do, who they don't even look at the title and they don't even know they don't even know they don't even know if you're a man or a woman, that's fine. That's great. You're a journey a journey woman or a journeyman uh, director. But I think you know we're seeing this with all the with all the trans stuff now as well. Women, I think, have I've got no other way to say it. They let their guard down. They drop their they drop their their guard a little bit, and um, some bad actors have come in and started to take shit away. And now women are going to have to make these kinds of movies ever again. Which I'm I, a certain percentage of of, of female creatives would li would like to do unmolested. You know, just be able to do, do a movie like with this tone, with this yeah, with that. Patrick Swayze lead and all of that stuff, like you know what I mean. And you know, being a being an, a, a man, I watch these movies and I love it because I'm just like I, I'm 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 fascinated by by a 
um, an approach, by ideas, by things I had never, I've never considered. So I'll just finish, Katie, before we jump in. I'll just say that women need to, are going to have to draw that line in the sand again and say, look, it's about my choice. And if I choose to, to you know, do all that stuff Shania Swain sings about in the song, <laughs> then that's what I wanted. I know that's a strange reference, but, but that's, that's all derided. That's derided. This movie's derided. And everyone at Vox, if I showed this movie to everyone at Vox, they would sneer and bag it out and tear it down and say, "How you know, I can't believe you would let the patriarchy uh, let you do this. Look, I'm, I'm, I'm pretty sure these types of movies are still getting made. I have a, you know, a director friend who made something very similar to this in the US two years ago. Um, and I would say that... Um, you know what we're talking about, though, that this scale... I do. I do. That's what I... That would be my next point, is that I'm sure these movies are still getting made, but there's But you've got to sneak it in the, there. Well, there's just... The market doesn't exist for them. Like well, it's all, it look, it's, it's fragmented. And yeah, and there's certainly not films that, you know... Uh, you know, film executives uh, think are going to be. Um, but this is what people want to see. Everyone wanted everyone, and Ricky, you can give me these reviews in like two seconds. What they wanted to but... see in in the eighties, I don't know that it, that that women want to see these films now. And frankly, it's a it's a very again a really simplistic story. It's a sweet, wholesome, simplistic little story. But I think audiences nowadays are like, like have far more sophisticated tastes i completely disagree uh, no, I compl- <laughs> no i completely disagree that 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 is a i understand what you're saying and it's a great soundbite but it, but it's <laughs> but but it's just plan. not true no it's just not true like like people you know people want what they want and the movies have and the the, the screen has always been a blue collar medium it's always, it is and always will be the chaplain's and Buster Keaton's medium, and don't let anybody try and change that. And when when it hits, um, you'd be surprised. All this woke shit, complex woke shit, and all this flashback nonsense, all this dark stuff came out. What do people want to see? They wanted to see Spider Man fucking far from him. Well, they wanted to see three. They wanted to see three Spider Men together, and they were fair like, "Fair point. <laughs> That's what I want." You know, fair point. But, but- <laughs> Fair point, but I would counter by saying that Look Who's Talking was a little indie sleeper hit, which went on to make a bajillion dollars, and that's when executives sat up and went, Jesus Christ, we're onto something here. Let's make fucking three more and make a billion more dollars. So I do think, like, if there was a movie like this out there in today's landscape, a similar little indie sleeper hit, that had had this had similar cut through and these films do find a way to cut through um even though you know the landscape is so saturated if it like money talks you know if if a film like this was made today and it cut through executives would would find out about it well well, hang on just just to pick up on a point like like that this was the like that executives stood up and took notice after this this was part of an 80s a late 80s hollywood cycle of baby pictures which include baby boom for keeps immediate family three men and a baby she's having a baby uh she's having a baby um and and that was 87 88 89 87 uh 88 so they were around 
Okay. So, but yeah, no, it's, I, I think it's an interesting discussion. Maybe give us some context with the reviews. What were the reviews like at the time? Uh, positive, for sure. Um, let's see. I've got my, my favorite here, Ebert. So he gave it three stars out of four. He says, uh, this fairly unlikely idea for a movie turns into a warm and lovable comedy, although I still don't think it needed the voiceovers from the baby. Are you fucking kidding me? Oh, what? So he, he thought he thought you could get away without it. <laughs> the rest of the movie, light, uh, lightweight and warm-hearted, is about how Travolta falls in love with the, the, uh, both the mother and the child. It's easy to see what appeals to him. Ali glows with health and good cheer in this movie. And the baby, played by four different infants, is, I must confess, adorable. Uh, reviewing a baby's performance in a movie is meaningless since babies do what they do without paying much attention to their directors. But there are scenes in this movie, including one where Travolta waltzes around with the kid, where the filmmakers just plain lucked out and got some of the best baby moments ever seen in a movie. Another pedo. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, never work with children or animals. Well, there there are some gen, like, like, I, I think, my favorite Mikey is is the older one, like um, yeah, when he's two or whatever. But he he, oh, got, yeah. he has some great expressions, like definitely. You know, I I wonder how long it took to sort of get those because they're the kind of scenes when you shoot, you know, you kind of have to wait till the kid does something to catch to catch it on film, you know. Mm. Well, it takes a lot of work. I mean, like you know, I'm, I'm sure she was all over it, you know, in that Spielberg way. We all know the Spielberg stories of ET of him. Uh, you know, was it on Close Encounters? Or they did something different on Close Encounters. But I think he he did some stuff, yeah, to to, to bring out Drew Barrymore's performance in ET. Like came dressed up in different clothes and did did all sorts of crazy mm, stuff to sort of, right. you know, like elicit those performances. So I mean, you know, yeah, and it's yeah, they get a lot of different stuff. Like like that look that the kid gives to Olympia Dukakis. Uh, he's got that that sort of blank expression when the grandma's holding him in front, you know, and it's that, and I, I was like, how did they get that? Yeah. It's a thinking expression. Yeah. Mm. Is that what she's doing all the crazy noises? Yeah. Well, she's holding him up. It's, it's near that. Yeah. yeah. Do you know who I am? Uh, no, actually I don't. I'm your grandma. Okay, lady. If you say so, you're my grandma. Yes. Oh, yeah. So what do you want from me? Who's got a wet tushy? I give up. Why don't you get out of this house, huh? I'm going to give Mikey a little bath then. <laughs> We're going to have a baba. A what? <laughs> oh, yeah. She's gone. <laughs> She's great. I love her. Yeah, me too. Isn't she a moonstruck as well? Yes. Yeah, that's right. She is. Mm, wonderful. She's very good. Mm. Wonderful woman. She's just like, you know, something's wrong. And kind, yeah, <laughs> kind of a similar character too. A little yeah, bit. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Mm. What do, what do you think about all the um you know, all the all the pushback the family gives her when, when she tells them she's been artificially inseminated, you know? This movie ruined me. Like, you know, I've gone into our pregnancy with just the most dated shit because of this fucking movie like i i've been been saying artificial insemination for my whole life and people are just like that's not even a thing like or it's like 
We don't even talk about it. We don't even call it that. Like everything in this movie was so, so burned into my brain. <laughs> but also, also I love how she described it as well. It's basically like artificial insemination back in the day was literally just getting a bunch of frozen spunk and then like using a turkey baster. <laughs> like, doesn't she actually refer to that? Like, yeah. Well, yeah. I've, I've got it on good authority that some people – that's how they do it with the turkey oh, base. Still do that. Yeah. Okay. yeah. Right. Well, so there are lesbian couples out there that are that are finding friends of theirs that are willing to give up their spunk. They're putting it in a turkey baster and wow, it's having a crack. Having a crack. Well, hey, you know, <laughs> it's the most <laughs> no, most effective and no, efficient. But, but, but you know, Katie, the, don't you think the, the, the most filthy lie that's in all these movies? And they mentioned it in our our little uh, antenatal. Uh, course that we went to full day uh, was they mentioned that 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 the, the the laying down on the stirrups in American movies is not is not a thing. Mm. Oh yeah, that's and been the those... most shocking thing. That that's yeah, not. Yeah, that not a has thing. really shocked you, hasn't it? That like women generally don't give well, that's birth the only lying reason, on their the, backs. The only way we see it. It's the only way we see it. In, yeah, I know. Uh, maybe that's how it used to happen in the 80s, but I, I don't the, think. The lady showed this picture. It had like every position, standing up, sitting down, crouching, squatting. laying on stuff, squatting. Yeah. Yeah. Like it was it was comical. Like I looked at it and I was like, I was like, all right, that's all made up. It's like the Kama Sutra <laughs> or something. Yeah. <laughs> it is a very unsexy Kama Sutra. <laughs> what? How could you do such a thing? It was easy. I went to the clinic and got some frozen sperm. I brought it home, defrosted it, inserted it, and now I'm pregnant. So that's it? Now you and the frozen pop are having a baby. Ma, it's not a frozen pop. It's not a husband. Louie, you hear this? Ma, Ma, you were the one that told me I could control my life, and I made a decision. I want to have a baby. I don't understand this. This is the kind of a thing a girl does if she's very ugly or a lesbian. This is not the act of a beautiful, intelligent girl who could have any man she wants. Ma, you never liked any of my boyfriends anyway. Where did this sperm come from? I mean, who's the supplier? A medical student. And? And he goes to Columbia. His parents live on the island. His father's in peace goods. His mother works for a cosmetics firm. Marsh could get you a great discount. So you're making fun of me, huh? Wait, wait, you'll see. Someday you'll have children. Yeah, but, like, there's, I mean, I'm sure there's still a, a few sort of old-school midwives who will be like, okay, it's time now. Get up on the bed, you know. But <laughs> it's apparently it's re- that's a really bad way to give birth because the baby actually has to sort of defy gravity like it's the natural path that wants to you know sort of exit it has to defy gravity <laughs> to, get, to, get, to actually get out so what the well i think we should go back to that enough. look do you want this kid to be a winner <laughs> you can get over that hump and you you're a winner all right get over anything <laughs> life throws at you yeah. Uh, well, is there more? I've got the Me Too meter. Well, are you going to talk about she's liberated? Is that in the Me Too? No, you say discussion. You well, go. I just wanted to bring up that that topic. Like, uh, she's liberated, huh? That whole date sequence where the guy won't open the door for her. Oh, liberated. Well, what do we think of this? 
Oh, so the guy said so, so explain it to the, the person who hasn't seen it. So she goes on a date with a guy, John Travolta. Uh, he he sabotages her by telling the guy, Oh, she's liberated. So when you go on the date with her, don't pay for anything, don't open the door, don't do anything chivalrous. So, you know, there was a time I feel in the 90s where that would would have would have been a prevailing uh advice or at least a fashionable advice. You'd say, you know, don't do that for me. Don't open this for me. Don't do that. I can do it myself. Independent sort of, at least now women might not have wanted that or might not have like been doing it, but that was in the media, like my whole life, formative years, that was what we were hammered with. It was mm-hmm. like, don't do that. Don't do any of that. What are your thoughts, ladies? About 10 years ago, um, someone kept on saying to me, like before we went out, oh, um, we'll go round for round uh because we were going to go out for a drink blah 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 kept on but kept on talking about money and I thought it was really strange and then we went out on the date and he ended up paying for everything drinks and um dinner or whatever and I was just thinking it was so weird that he preempted everything uh and then it turned out that he had gone out with another girl and she screamed at him and said I, I can pay for my own shit like went nuts at him and that's why he was so frightened <laughs> that that's why he was talking about it so it made me open up the book of Samuel <laughs> like he was scarred and then another one um was like oh I've read a lot about dating or whatever um so I think that we should go half half because um <laughs> because then you're not expected to give me anything in return. And I was like, dude, you can't be saying this shit on the date. No. <laughs> like, no. Whoever so, brings so it the up. idea is that, that the man pays for everything so then he gets sex at the end of the night. Yeah, yeah. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. And that, that honestly, I, it, I don't even think that when I was on dates, um, I... Yeah, I, I would never be comfortable with a man paying for everything because I just felt it would be attached to the to the expectation that I would return that investment <laughs> <laughs> in kind. Seventy percent of it, though, like you know, roughly, well, seventy or eighty percent, and you you can do the token like. Oh, I'll pay for this. I'll pay for that. But, but largely, you know what I mean? Like, no, because the thing is, like, this is another one of those topics where we all know what's going on. Like, like, nah, you gotta keep, you gotta keep it cash though, as well. It's not yeah. like you, you start out the night and just go, okay, well, I'll pay for the movie. Yeah. You pay for no, yeah. Fucking weird and awkward. Like, it's whoever gets their wallet out first and then they pay for the first thing and then you might pay for the next thing, you know? But like, what, it's- what kind of meal would it take? What quality of meal would it take before you'd sleep with the dude? Like, like, I guess chicken and chips being sort of the bottom. <laughs> Red breeder <laughs> does not equal. You know, so okay. what, what, would you would you sleep with a dude who just you know paid for the five dollar fifty you know tight ass Tuesday pack. Hawaiian pack? Yeah. To be honest, it, de- it depends how hot he is. Yeah. <laughs> no, the paying for stuff is the paying for stuff. I think the most guys, not only fucking ridiculous units, think that paying equals one like a, a dead cert for sex. But having said that, it's a bit like a casino comp. Do you know what I mean? Like the <laughs> like the 
you, you got to pay for the shit because if you don't, then like there's a if you if you pay for nothing, then the deal's off. <laughs> oh yeah, hundred percent. I've there, there's been two guys that have been burned into my memory <laughs> where they didn't get their wallets out, yeah, at all. And I was just like, "You're that's it." Great. Like, well, there you go. No, but this is the thing. This is the this is what we can't talk about. It's like it's that it can't be zero, but it can't be a hundred percent. So you no. need to, it needs to, but it can't be 50. So it needs to be Why over not? 50 because that's round for round. I just thought that it was so weird that he kept on bringing it up. I didn't care if it went round for round. No, but, but it, okay, no, no. Talking about it was what yes. made it awkward. I was I like, reckon... why, why are you talking about it? We're not even out on the date yet. Molly, I had a really good time tonight. Yeah, I bet you did. You no, know, I did. And I'll tell you, I think a lot of guys would tend to feel very threatened by a woman being so liberated and always wanting to pay for everything. But I quite enjoy it. What are you talking about? Your babysitter gave me some helpful hints for tonight. Oh, he did, did he? Yeah, he did. Come here. No, I really have to go up now. Come on, just for a little while. Just for a little while. Come on, Molly, it's early. Yeah, but I'm broke. I reckon you could come up with a matrix for this. Like, I reckon it could. you could come up with something that accounts for all of this. You could say it can't be 100, it can't be zero, but it can't be, it can be 50, but it. But as long as you don't talk about it, because if you talk about it, then it, then it's fucking weird. <laughs> yeah. You know what and I mean? So, so if you traverse the matrix in the right way, then you get sex. Yeah. So. Or, you, or you get, yeah, your dick's yeah. getting sucked. <laughs> Maybe. Again. No, there's too many other variables. But I think it was because he looked arrogant in the film and was walking away from her in the instances. Mm. Like when when she went to get the movie tickets with the cab, I think that he just looked like a cab. But also the, yeah, like (laughs) the fact that he knew, like he's been to her shitty apartment, he knows she's a single mom, Mm. like all of that was at play for me as well. I'm just like, come on, dickhead. Mm. Like pay for something or at least offer to. Yeah, that's right. You know what I mean? And then let her go, oh, no, of course not. I'm a liberated woman. Liberated. <laughs> that was so, that was, that used to be a from slam. from the horse's mouth, you know. Yeah, that used to be a slam. It oh, did, she's yeah. liberated. She's liberated, you know. <laughs> <laughs> oh, like, Sexually yeah. promiscuous. No, I mean, well, it means she's, she's into women's lib. Like yeah. she's a feminist. So it's yeah. a old, old school language for, for, uh, for feminist, feminism. Mm. Thanks, dear Cleo. Well, <laughs> I another just wait. Another thing. What did we think about Albert being cool that she was knocked up? He's kind of cool yeah. with it. Most guys would <laughs> not be cool with it. Well, cool I guess he's got the cash to pay for it. You know, whether he's involved with the kid or not, it doesn't matter. He's got the cash for it. So mm. he was, although I don't think he ever. I, I didn't get the the sense that he did pay. He yeah. was paying anything. Mm. I don't think when so. The no, but, but I think I think that's because Kirsty Alley said, uh, "I don't want anything from you." Oh, okay. Because it'd be different. Bitch. It'd be a different if he was a beat maker living with his mum. Yeah. <laughs> <Beat maker. laughs> and he's yes. like, my new single's dropping next week. I can't be having this kid on the scene. No, it was just when he when he was cool with it. Look, it was a surprise, and he was cool with it. But again, I was it. It was just another like demonstration of his absolute narcissism. You know, just going, oh great, my more more of my progeny will be out there, and will be you know well, like. I love gross. that scene where, where where he meets Mikey for the first time and he's just so shit at, like, <laughs> interacting with kids. He's like, how you going, fella? Hey, fella. How you going, fella? 
<laughs> is he taking a dump? <laughs> <laughs> Look at this room. Hey, look at these guys. I bet I could take those apart. That doesn't look too... Hey, little metal things. Where can I stick them? Oh, right there in those little holes. Molly. Who's that? Molly, hi. This must be hey. Mikey. Hey, fella. What you doing, huh? What you doing? Aren't you a handsome How little... How about man? a little milk yes. right in your eye there? Damn it. <laughs> Bullseye! Wee. Oh, it's all right, Albert. It's just milk. It won't sting. Oh, Mikey. It's a good boy. Molly, people find themselves in situations that they don't always have the strength to get out of. What are you trying to say, Albert? Mikey, Mommy said don't touch that. Well, all right. I'm saying I still love you and I still want you. And what about Mikey? Well, you know, you can always count on me if, if there's ever anything you need for him. I need a father for him. Molly, I gotta be honest. I'm living alone for the first time in 17 years. I'm in therapy. If I can't be anybody's father now, I need to be by myself now. I've raised my kids. Raised them? They're 11 and 9. Don't tell me they've moved out and gotten jobs. <coughs> Too much fruit. Uh, it wouldn't be fair to Mikey. Is he taking a dump? No, he's thinking real hard. Uh, well, no, but before we move on, well, why do why do women date cads? Like, what what is the psychology behind dating a cad? Because this archetype, like, you know, you guys might not have done it, but at the same time, this is a this is something that happens a lot in movies, like the piece of shit guy who and it's always like yeah you know, carrie fisher in uh when home and sally oh, you know? amazing you i know? thought of that yeah too. this whole thing of like he's gonna leave her soon you know like he's never gonna leave her you know like, <laughs> like all that sort of stuff so why do women why do women do this look i i have to say though old mate in this film he was he was almost like cartoonishly caddish you know what i mean like i don't think cat real life cads are generally a lot more a lot better at um Rob Mills. concealing <laughs> yeah <laughs> what the hell? like they're generally better at con- at concealing it you know what i mean they've they're more manipulative whereas this mm. guy was yeah comical yeah. yeah 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 okay all right well i feel like you've kept your cards very close to your chest <laughs> i don't know look i know women that that yeah i don't know i don't i don't think i've ever known anyone who who has dated a guy I would describe as a, as a cad. Because you only go out with nice guys like me. I don't go out with any guys. Well, you did. Married. And then I got you, man, I married you, and then I knocked you up. That's how it works. So one, two, three, bang. All right. That's, uh, that's led us into the Me Too meter tonight. So the film opens with a Me Too moment. Uh, Albert feeling up Molly. Okay. That's the first thing we see pretty much. It's the first image. And I tell you what, I said, I wondered who, if it was a documentary because this is, this, is, this is what's happening, all right, out there to all of you. I know this. All right, next up, Molly's mother says the artificial insemination is the kind of thing a woman does if she's very ugly or a lesbian. And there it is, folks, bald-faced bigotry, all right? As Teen Vogue has told us, being fat and gross is not only something to be celebrated on screen, 
but something that should get you modeling work. And as for the slur about lesbians, we know that wokesters don't care about them because they won't have sex with women with penises. Okay. And I suppose neither of you bigots would do that either, right? (laughs) Well, I knew it. I knew it. All right. Next up, innuendo. We are treated to a scene in which James removes a splinter from Molly's finger. Her mother arrives and overhears the conversation. Disgusting. I love that scene. Damn it. What? I got a splinter. Let me see it. Got a needle? In there. All right. Sit down. There we go. Ow. Oh, stop. If you don't hold still, I can't do this. Ah. Oh, it doesn't hurt. It hurts. Uh, Don't do it that way. Ow, ow, ow. You're poking me too hard. You're poking me. If you don't hold still, I can't get it out. It hurts. Oh, it can't hurt that much. Oh, how would you know? It's stuck in me. Ow, ow. That does hurt. Ah, there you go. Look at that. That's a big one, huh? I've never had one that big in me. All better. Stop poking me. I've never seen (laughs) one that's but have you seen one that big? I've never big? had one that big. I've never had one that big. I love that. I love that cross purposes dialogue so much. Like <laughs> it is just mwah, so good. <laughs> but the best part was when he did up his zip. Yes, when he left. Yeah. But that does that's surreal though. So <laughs> because did he know? Did he not know? It's just a coincidence. A wink. I knew. All right. Okay. This movie is obsessed with memory organs, okay? Constant jokes, if that's what you call them, all right, about big breasts, <laughs> all right? James and Mikey both ogle a buxom blonde, all right? Molly complains that her post-pregnancy bust has increased and that she looks like she's in a Russ Meyer movie, a man who made films about big-breasted women. Now, <laughs> that's not funny. Let me... <laughs> Let me say this. Big, fat titties are no joke. (laughs) Get my wife's fat titties out of your fucking mouth. Get my wife's titties out your fucking mouth. No, you've got to do that last part when he goes, no, no. You know, that little thing he gives it in that second one, you know, really catch him. All right. This is a story of oppression, okay? Not one adult nor caregiver in this movie asked Mikey if he was a pansexual or trans or even non-binary. We will never know if the beautiful butterfly he could have been was going to meet this world. Instead, he's a boy, a cis male, or let's face it, a rapist in training. (laughs) No. Okay. All right. (laughs) Finally, the nuclear family. The film closes on a mother, father, and two children. A united family. Isn't that nice? Huh? Well, if that's what you think, then you can fuck right off and die, you capitalist pig. All right? (laughs) This is merely a Western-prescribed nuclear family structure, and we should be borrowing wisdom from the greats. And I'm not talking about the Buddha or MLK. I'm talking about BLM, started by trained Marxists Patrice Cullors and Alicia Garza. They said, quote, we disrupt the Western prescribed nuclear family structure requirement by supporting each other as extended families and villages that collectively care for one another, especially our children, to the degree that mothers, parents, and children are comfortable. And whatever the fuck that means, 
It sounds great. Okay. <laughs> Mothers, children, no dads. What a totally non-creepy vision of the future. Hey, so a lot to consider there tonight. Do you guys have anything, have any, have any uh, chits to throw in into the pile? Anything I striking? Look, I think you've covered a lot. Yeah. <laughs> I don't know, AJ, do you have anything to add to that? Hey, Katie. That's look, Stella report. Katie, all I I've told you guys, I just this is this is, you know, what I found. And then you can you can you know take it into your your uh calculations or not. So all right, that's the meter minute. What do you give it out of ten? Three. Uh yeah, I'm with you. Three. All right, Katie. Yeah, let's go for the trifecta. Yeah, right. it's a three. Well, three and a half maybe for me. Uh, I think, uh, I don't know. We'll leave it at that. <laughs> well, I've, I've got a quote here and um, it's actually a Mikey quote when uh, when Kirsty Alley's trying to dress him in, in a certain outfit. She's got a selection of two outfits and... We're going to go see Daddy today. Oh, great. I was just thinking about James. You have to look fantastic. Which do you think, the blue or the lamb? Well, neither. They both look pretty lame. I don't know. What do you think? The lamb, right? Not lamb. Lame. Oh, please don't make me wear clothes with animals on them, Mom. Oh, oh Mom, I don't like this. It makes me look stupid. You look great. Yeah, well, I feel like a retard. Well, there's a lot in this movie uh, that, you know, I, I think that, ah, oh, geez, you know, we, this is one of the main themes of, of our show uh, is is reckoning with, with good old-fashioned entertainment. And, you know, there's stuff in Fred Astaire movies that is, is uh, as the Wokesters would say, uh, problematic, uh, uh, you know, uh, but, but it doesn't sort of, unless you're watching it on a Disney streaming service where they say, the movie you're about to watch have features, you know, racial discrimination. It was wrong then, it's wrong now and all that sort of stuff. But, you know, you're not sort of uh, persecuted or burned at the stake for watching these things. It's just, you know, it's sort of found its niche. Whereas um, I find th- these movies, they just haven't, we, we, we don't know wh- how to watch these anymore, you know. Could you put this on at a family gathering and just let it let it happen? think so still pretty yeah apart from this the sperm and egg animation i mean even that but but you probably would have no idea what they're looking at no they don't know but this is the thing what i don't understand is that um when we were kids we watched you know stuff like greece right and i saw greece 150 times over many years and it was like not until really late that i discovered all the, the second layer going on in the movie, mm. like, oh, what is this, a gangbang or, you know, the chicks will cream or all these things that, that, <laughs> that, that you know, or well, Kinnicky, Kinnicky goes, oh, oh it, it, it broke the condom he's had for all this time. I'm like, what are they doing? What's happening? So all of that shit's just over your head. And so I don't see what the big deal is. There's a lot of stuff. And that's all, that's quite overt, all of that. Like it was, you know, but but it wasn't such a big deal. Our parents kind of just went, oh well, they won't get it. Doesn't matter. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> I was watching like Pretty Woman like when I was four. Wicked movie, great movie. <laughs> we're gonna watch. We're gonna do that movie. Great movie. So, because think about it, that's a movie about a man who courts a prostitute. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Wonderful. And my mum was like, "Ain't no thing." 
Right. <laughs> Great stuff. Great stuff. It's funny too, being the youngest in my family, whereas Frank is the oldest in his family. He ain't seen shit. Yeah. Right. Compared to what I've seen. And it's it's really interesting. You got that, you got inducted. Yeah. Well, mm-hmm. I, I think that mum couldn't give a fuck and yes. she was tired. <laughs> 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 that's true though but no but you've hit on it there but you know not, not to get too deep but but the the reason that safetyism and helicopter parenting has taken over is because too much oversight people having kids later in life uh and, and therefore you know terrified of everything everyone's a everyone who talks to my kids a predator everything they do is a danger everything everything they watch apart from disney movies which are actually trying to indoctrinate them weirdly but like everything except that you know is a problem so yeah i don't know i don't know people just need more chill we know kirstie alley uh is a big scientologist she got into it in 1979 um she got into it when she had a cocaine addiction and she went to a Scientology-affiliated drug treatment program, um, and she continued from that day on. Um, and as of 2007, she's attained the level of OT7. That's operating Thetan level 7, which is quite oh high, I think. Um, so mm. in May 2000, she purchased a waterfront mansion from former Scientologist Lisa Marie Presley, uh, and the house is in Clearwater, Florida, which is the spiritual headquarters of the Church of Scientology. She donated $5 million to the church in 2007. So she's well-juiced in. Um, In 2015, she tweeted that she would not be supporting Hillary Clinton. And uh, she backed Donald Trump and uh, Rudy Giuliani. Makes her way hotter, right? Of course. (laughs) It does. Of course it does. No, it makes her more interesting as well. Mm. You know, all the most interesting people I know right now um, are people like... The most unexpected people, people who just who go who whisper to you and they say shit like I'm an anti-vaxxer, and you and, and you go really? You're like I mean I've covered all my vaccinations, so it's no big deal. But 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 I'm in that I'm back in that. It's like 20 years ago. I'm thinking, look at these people, and I'm like, or someone was like, I'm I'm a Scientologist. I'm like, oh wow, that's so interesting. If if you a know? woman whispered in your ear she was an anti-vaxxer, would you get a chubby? <laughs> Now I would because it's so just because it's 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 the modern equivalent of them of of them smoking and wearing a leather jacket with baby pins and shit all over it. Like it's like <laughs> it's the rock and roll man. Like it's the the big thing now is to say they'd be whispering in your ear and saying, oh, um, like you know, peg the patriarchy. And you go, uh, okay. <laughs> you go, I'd I'd be like, well, we can do that as as long as the patriarchy isn't me. Yeah. <laughs> Am I watching who you is this patriarchy time? guy we pegging him tonight guy? who is this guy like you know all right well um we should probably wrap up tonight now katie's had a rough day thank you for thank you for joining katie i i hope this this cheered you up and if it didn't well i'll find out in about five minutes but <laughs> <laughs> went too long <laughs> however However, I, I would like you to come back for, for one more week if that's okay, and and we'll, we'll just because tonight you know you were you were suffering. I need the audience to to, to see a better you. Okay, so oh, I, I thought I actually <laughs> delivered. Oh yeah, yeah, that's what, that's what I meant. That's what I meant. <laughs> Didn't come out right. Didn't come out right. But I'll let you pick the film. So, what? Here's two options for you: three men and a baby, or Junior. So Three Minute uh, Baby, Tom Selleck, uh, Ted Danson. Uh, or, or do you junior. want to see Arnold Schwarzenegger give birth in oh, junior? Oh, gross. I'm kind of intrigued, though. I don't think I've ever seen 
Well, ju- well, Junior might be nice because it's very different to the ones we've watched, <laughs> Yeah. Okay. All right. So, Junior it is. Yeah. All right. We'll give it a go. Well, we said what we said. Sorry for calling you a pedo. <laughs> oh, bye. No, I, I loved apologize. it. Hey, it's right or die. It doesn't matter what we say to each other. That's We're true. all going to be cancelled. That doesn't matter. <laughs> like, no, that's the thing. You, you've got to, like, like stick together as you're being cancelled. The double mm. down. Yeah, and say, I don't care, man. <laughs> and until next time, long live the new flesh. Long live the new flesh. My wife's titties out your fucking mouth.